Passion, drive, and patience. That's the formula for winning championships and is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. They have superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and much, much more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, they've got it all ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber and not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins let's keep your ride or die alive today at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. You want to start or you want me to start? By the way, ooh, spicy, salty. I'm not making believe that like, oh, we're best friends now. You're really good with these tangents. Who is Jared Allen? Not the football player, obviously. In the Twitter video, you flip him off, right? I was just pointing to the cars below me. Poor guys over there having to write down every single time that I threw out the bomb. My mom is not going to be happy hearing all these beeps. Let's just buy cars for the whole family. Let's just have a fleet. Hey, welcome to Actions Detrimental. I'm Denny Hamlin, driver of the number 11 car for Joe Gibbs Racing and owner of 2311 Racing for Bubba Wallace and Tyler Reddick. My co-host, Jared Allen. Uh, you'll see him on pit road every now and then. Follow me around with a camera. Uh, we're uh we're in Vegas. We were actually planning on being in Scottsdale uh, after the Vegas race. Uh, we're gonna fly back there, but we just decided to stay one more night in Vegas. My luck's been primo, primo so far. So I'm gonna give the casino a chance to get it back. I was gonna say yeah. I was gonna say your luck's been really good up until this afternoon with the race but we'll obviously get Thanks, into Jared. that wait wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah we're um fresh from vegas uh motor speedway we uh race completed about two and a half hours ago so i'm still uh, a little sour i'm a lot sour to be honest with you bad mood uh everything you guys are doing right now is agitating the shit out of me um but that's just part of it, you know. It's what what happens when you go from third to eleventh uh, at the end of the race. Who wrecked, by the way? Does anyone know? At the, on the last lap? Yeah. No. Who wrecked? Who caused the caution with two to go? Almarola. Almarola. Yeah. What was he doing? I was standing at uh, I was at Truex's pit box, walking to yours when it happened, and on the big screen. Uh, he was just slow on the backstretch, so oh. I don't, I don't know the specific details. But it was like, oh, that's perfect. That's exactly what I think everyone wanted, <laughs> except for <laughs> speak, you. Speak except for themselves. I know. <laughs> uh, I mean, it gave me a shot. I mean, I guess you could say, you know, we uh, came off pit road third, but we'll, um, we'll, we'll get into that. I, I just uh, let's 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 go back. Let's start with with the fun stuff about what's been going on this past week since you've been out in Scottsdale hanging out you got that airbnb some people have seen on social media we've like we got gel blasters from target spent a bunch of money on those just to shoot each other in the yard <laughs> which was obviously really fun yeah the uh yeah if you check out my instagram uh we we've been renting a house in scottsdale and we've had a ball so the, you know we found a, a, a house with a pickleball court obviously uh it's got a little chipping grid i'm working on my chipping 
for, for golf. I need to get better. I'm getting a club fitting. Uh, shout out to my friend Tyler Moore, tailor-made guy. It's going to hook me up with a fitting. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, we're excited because we found some gel blaster guns. And How did this come about? Because so a friend of a friend of mine on the Golf Guys tour, uh, Eric, he, I remember him sending me a picture of these gel blaster guns. He's like, if you want to have a ball, go get these things. They are so much fun. And we're looking around at the backyard, and it's like, man, there's a lot of room here to do some fun activities. So, you know, we, we eventually run out of things to do, and we can only play so much pickleball and stuff. So it's like, you know, hey, let's let's get these guns and... So we, we got four initially, and they were just absolutely a blast. And then Larson's like, get me a couple. Ricky says, get me one. And so I, I think we have a total of six or seven of them. Plus we have these kind of handgun blasters as well that's got a little bite to them. Uh, but, yeah, check out my Instagram because um, we had a uh, game of Capture the Flag where essentially we what we try to do is, you know, have every man for himself, however – there'd be an all-time defender. So, and, and the defender is essentially the winner from the previous game. They get to hide the flag and then defend the flag. And we yes. are not allowed to shoot at them. Right. Um, and so if you capture the flag, then you will be the all-time defender in the next game. So you just get to unload on people, and and you basically there's no repercussions. You're just it, trying to protect it. Right. So. The winner of the game is essentially whoever won – uh, has the biggest balls to after they find figure out where the flag is to just run after it, right? Because once you know where the flag is and you start going after it, you're just gonna get lit up by yeah everyone. Yeah, and, and it's and like the free chance to take shots. Right, and the idea of it too is that you've got these, you know, the defender. So that's one person shooting at you. Then when the other person sees that you're getting close to the flag, who's going for it, they're gonna team up on you as well. So it's kind of a tag team of multiple people going after whoever's getting closest to the flag. So um, these things, people, will sting you. Yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> there's been some – You, I, I don't know. Did we post your back because it yeah, was – you did and then I did as well. Yikes. Jared, uh, <laughs> it looked like you got hit with a BB gun. They sting for about – 20 seconds, It's enough. Seconds. It's enough to make you react. It's exactly right. Like, it doesn't hurt, but it – I mean, it's a pinch. It's, yeah. it's a legit yeah. pinch. And when you have uh, – these guns have semi-automatic mode, basically, and it's just you hold the trigger down, and these things are just unloading. So um, they are a lot of fun. We, we did that uh, before we headed out uh, here to Vegas. Um, those that you saw, Austin Payton uh, eat um, basically a – I don't know, maybe – an ounce or so of wasabi like ping pong ball size. Yeah, they're Is that uh, half a little a ping smaller, pong. half a ping pong ball okay. size of wasabi. You know, I, I think I gave him five hundred bucks for it. That was way too easy. Very anticlimactic. Yeah, we like. I want. I'm all for paying my friends to take one for the team. Like, you know, I'm going to reward you with some cash, but I'm going to really make you do things that. I want to see you have pain. You, for instance, when we first hired you, we got you to do the uh, the hot nut challenge. Yeah, I didn't make any money from that. Yeah, you were just trying to. You know. So what, what happened was not to go on a tangent. I did the wasabi. I did that first. That was miserable. I that was bad experience. <laughs> um, 
And then Ricky brought up yes. the hot nut. So it was like because it didn't come from you, I was like, oh, well, yeah, like sure. I was inexperienced. And you did it yeah. really well. I was I, I couldn't do those things for sure. I mean, we've – Austin, I've had him do some crazy things. Back in the day, we, you know, we would bet a lot of things, and he would get down – a lot of it was stemmed from golf bets, and so when I get him down to a certain number, I'm not going to make him pay. I'm just going to make him pay by doing things that I enjoy watching him do, which is, hey, I want you to swim from my house to that island way over there, uh, which is about a mile away, and then you got to turn around, swim back in 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 middle of Sunday on Lake Norman, and there are boats going everywhere, and all he has a life vest. But I made him swim all the way out there. It took him three and a half hours or so. I was I went to sleep waiting on him. Uh, but I he came back and he he brought back like a little branch. He broke off a piece and put it in his life vest to like Pretty show that he proved that he had made it to. Now was that from a tree in my backyard? I'm really not sure. But I did see him out in the middle of the open water, boats flying by him, and I was co- legitimately concerned for his. Well-being for about 10 seconds before I then I, I was asleep. over it. Then I was over it. So, yeah, so we did that, but we have a new challenge coming yeah. on on Monday. So for 1500 bucks, uh, I believe Austin has al- agreed to the following, is that he's going to stand on in front of the wall. There's a concrete wall. And allow all of us who have a gun, so six semi-automatic gel blaster guns from 15 feet get to, and he is shirtless and pantless, but he's he's got box whatever he wears under his pants is what he's got. And he has a choice, in my mind, he can either cover his face or he can cover his nuts. Or one of each, one hand, but one hand on each. He's in the background now, and he's like, "I'm not. I didn't agree to that part of it." No, but, he did. But I know that's what we're he arguing. Did. It's ten did. seconds standing facing the wall. He so stands you get his back. at the wall, and so what he doesn't realize, uh, he does get safety goggles. We're not going to hit him in the eye. Is that the six of us are going to get together, and two of us say, "All right, you go for the neck. You, yeah. <laughs> you go. You go for the nipples, and then someone go for the inner thighs." Right, like. <laughs> I mean, this is going. This is gonna hurt, but he's willing to do it. Um, I would, I would check in uh, on our social platforms for the results of that. But I guarantee you, it's it's not gonna be good. So ten, he he gets ten seconds back to us, and then he has to turn around and get five seconds of frontal um, with these guns. So I can't wait. And the good news is I went on such a run in the casino here. I've already paid it. Like, you know, when when you have chips in your hand, it's like fake money. It's not even real. It doesn't matter what the denomination, what it says on it. Like, I just I throw him these chips. I'm like, hey, here you go. Here you go. And um, so the debt is paid. He has to he has to go through with this. Yeah. And if you're listening to this podcast, we're recording this. this the race just happened. It's Sunday night here in Vegas. But it'll come out on Monday morning. So if you're listening to this Monday morning – You'll want to go follow Denny on social. If you don't already, on Instagram, at Denny Hamlin. Because at some point in this week, there will be more Gel Blasters content. And it'll be must-watch. 
Must watch. No question. And then Kyle and Ricky and all are going to get in on it. And yep. we, we, we definitely want to get more creative with the games, but I think that that's uh, – we got a good start. Monday is a, a day we're all looking forward to. So Yeah. As you said, your luck's been pretty good. You were in a uh, 21 blackjack tournament I yesterday. Was. Yeah, so um, basically the casino um, – invited me to this tournament uh, I didn't have to pay anything to enter it I, it's you know for some of their regular customers um, and I guess I qualified for that and so I uh, yeah I got in this blackjack tournament and made it to the final table it was 250,000 to win um, there was a couple guys that came up to me and asked do we want to split the pot so agree that uh, there were six people in the final table, and basically how this blackjack tournament works. And it was my very first one. I've never played in one before, so I was ultra nervous, very, very nervous, even though I had no skin in the game. Um, so they all come and want to cut a deal to where everyone gets 30 grand, and then the winner gets 100 grand. So since I made it to the final table, I was thinking, I was like, you know, I, I don't have anything in this. I'd rather just roll the dice, and if, if I win it, then, you know, that, that's a great yeah. story, right? But... Um, you know, the way it works is you get 15 hands. The six of us got 15 hands, and whoever had the most chips at the end of 15 hands won. But it's crazy because we were, like, betting. You're looking at everyone's stack, and you and you have to bet accordingly to catch up to the big stack. So everyone went all in a bunch, and if it was, like, real legitimate money, like, that, we would have hammered the casino. Uh, I was the low stack. We started with 20,000 in chips. Again, it's just that's just a number, but so the money you're playing with in chips is irrelevant. It's irrelevant. They could have been a hundred dollars, right. but we, you know, we would be betting two dollars, right? Yep. So yep. it just doesn't matter. So they just give you twenty thousand in in chips, and I was the lowest stack going to the final hand, um, the fifteenth hand, and I had forty eight thousand chips. So like I had <laughs> over doubled my money, but the way you have to really go at it in this tournament was crazy, but. I ended up uh, not winning, so I was uh, I made it to the final table though. That was that was one of my prouder accomplishments. That was fun, and then you know just went on and took those uh, chips and and went to the blackjack table for real and and did well. And then we went to uh, the roulette table. I love playing roulette because the way I play. It just so happens on the board, the rate numbers I've had in racing are all connected to each other. So numbers I've had throughout my life, right? Um, and so I play a box of numbers. It's uh, 11, 7, 20, 17, and 32. That's a box of numbers. Those five numbers I play whenever I'm playing roulette. And so what happens is, is I love seeing the ball bounce, right? When the ball bounces, I know whether it's in my quadrant of numbers or not so like my numbers aren't spread out all over the wheel right they're all right there in a box so i'm like spin backwards or spin forwards like so you know if you're if it's if gonna it, be i know if i'm gonna be close right right as, right soon as the, the ball bat. starts bouncing that's yeah. right so and uh we agreed uh me and my friend josh he uh we agreed to play you know go over there and, and take some of our winnings from blackjack and play roulette and we uh hit three <laughs> three rolls in a row <laughs> Then we lost one and cashed out. So we hit big in, in, in that. Uh, so that just added to the total. Uh, again, nothing is official. We're, this this uh, Our winnings is still unofficial until we actually leave, leave the hotel. 
So maybe we'll get an update, uh, you know, next week for you. But so this has been good. Uh, yeah, and then we had a we had a race today. Apparently, we did a fairly uneventful race. Yeah, for the most oh, part. Oh, we have to talk about Chase Elliott, right? That that's a big story in in leading into this race weekend as well, right? NASCAR's most popular driver, Chase Elliott is out for multiple weeks with a leg injury. I guess he fractured his tibia. So, you know, of course, this sparks the debate over drivers and what they should be allowed to do and what they should not be allowed to do. And, you know, I I just, I, I sent a tweet out basically saying that, you know, most of the, I would think that most people do things physically because it helps them mentally. And I I know that that's the case for myself. I play golf and basketball and pickleball and other sports because mentally I cannot be consumed with racing but for so much. I have to unwind from that. And that is my way to still be competitive but yet get racing off the plate for a little while. You know, I'm so busy with running the race team and and working on the competition side of that and the business side of that, I've got a my 11 team that I'm focused on for at least three to four days a week. You know, it's just I have to get away from it. I, I just can't, you know, focus. And, and some people love racing seven days a week. I'm never going to be that person. I found in 2010 when I basically choked the 2010 championship away because we I was, you know, too focused on you know, hey, make sure I do everything perfect and right instead of just enjoying it and having fun. Basically, I I learned in 2011, like I just went away that off season and I went to Phoenix for the entire off season. I was like, man, this is so much better to get not consume myself with so much racing. And I I just from that point on, I figured out that I, I came up with a kind of a schedule and. Comp- can compartmentalize my life to say this section is for racing, this section is for ra- or for family, and this section is for having fun, and that's that's kind of what makes me tick. When you when you are you know participating in those extracurricular activities, could you do quite a bit basketball? Um, I'd say it's probably the I don't know. I want to say it, I want to say most dangerous, but no, most it is right from an injury standpoint. I've blown two ACLs. 2010, I blew my left ACL. 2000. 14, I blew my right. Uh, I had shoulder surgery two years ago on my left. I need to get my right done. Uh, I should have done it this offseason, but I didn't want to be in a sling for weeks. But it's it's nagging me enough now where I need to get it worked on. Uh, so this offseason, so essentially two knees, both shoulders, like you know, now some of this is hereditary. The shoulder thing is hereditary. I can thank my parents for that. My my basically whatever bone is up here at the top of my shoulder is growing into my rotator cuff, which is they just gotta basically cut off the edge of that bone right there and 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 relieve the pain. But the knees came from basketball. But you know, I did race right after. But does um, when you're when you're doing those things, does the threat of injury ever creep in? Absolutely. To the back of your head? No question. Uh, yeah. Like before you tip off in hoop group every week. I manage my risk. <laughs> no question. I, I try to stay three-point line to three-point line, but my competitive spirit will not allow me to back it off but so much. And, and again, I, I, I can't sit here and speculate with Chase Elliott, but 
if the guy is very comfortable on his edges on a snowboard, he's not going to go down the bunny slopes. Right. Right? And we don't know the, the details of how he got we don't, injured. We don't. We, you have to we just have to assume, though, that the competitor of us are just going to do what we normally do and what we're comfortable with. Yep. But accidents do happen, right? right? I mean, sometimes you plant your foot in a wrong spot, and sometimes you hit a mogul that is unplanned, right? Or you just catch an edge. Like, there's just so many different ways it can happen. And the people on social media just saying, oh, well, you could get hurt walking down the sidewalk. That is the stupidest. Can we just stop with that? That is the – there's more risk in extreme sports. So stop saying, well, you can also get hurt walking down the sidewalk. Look, sure you can, but it's a point zero 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 chance. Yes. I think the, the, the this point, is though – It's is a higher, higher percentage. So. Right. I think the point, though, in that is that – like for for Chase, right? He could have been run into by somebody else. Someone else could have sure. been not paying attention, right, and runs into him. So it's like one of those things where you could have no control over what happens, right? You could be driving a car to wherever, you get into an accident, it's the other person's fault, and you get That's injured right. that way. So there's all these there's things, right? There's tons that can go of ways wrong. to get injured, yes. right? And and we all know that. And and <laughs> this isn't picking on Chase Elliott because. Every single person, every driver has their own thing that they do that is a risk to them racing this weekend, right? Now, do I manage my risk a little more in the off season? You know, do more things? Yeah, probably, probably so. But, but again, I know that I know the risk I'm taking. Um, I have very good insurance to. <laughs> I've been through this before. Uh, very good insurance to make sure that if I do miss, that everything is still taken care of. Um, I, I, you know, I saw Brad posted. Uh, Brad Kozlowski posted that you know, hey, he just doesn't don't doesn't get paid. I was gonna text Brad. I was like, surely you have some like good liability insurance to cover all that. But, um, but yeah, I, I, most likely, you know. Uh, Myself and Chase have the same management team um, at Pro Sport. They do a phenomenal job with financial planning and all that stuff. So I know he's he's going to be good on that side. Not that that was really a concern anyway. But I think that, you know, we have to let these drivers do what they need to do to be mentally in this game because it is tough. You know, we, you travel it. We all travel this circus every single weekend, and it's tough. The grind is hard. And it now, it used to be harder. Yeah, like we used to have to go for four days a week, right? Um, but it's still a grind, especially for these team guys. Um, man, it's uh, it's unfortunate for him. It really is. Um, I think that uh, NASCARs, I don't think they've ever not granted a waiver. Um, I love watching... Bob Pachris, he's you know he's my favorite NASCAR follow as far as media is concerned, but he's just trying to answer all these questions from people. Yeah, but what if you know on this waiver? And it's like just stop. Like <laughs> he's gonna get a waiver, right? And the NASCAR did away with the top thirty in points rule, so I mean he's probably gonna come back here. And in case you missed the race this weekend. The team he drives for is pretty damn fast. Yes. I so like his chances to win when right. he comes back. And the new playoff format, he wins a race, right? He just makes the playoffs, and then 
He's he's got just as good a chance as anybody else. He he More could be dead last in the points, and when he comes back, he can vault himself all the way to the front. Now, a good point I I heard brought up. Uh, Clear Bree brought it up. It was that or someone that hey you're, he is going to be missing out on playoff points, and I was like, oh, that's a good point. Very good point. You didn't think about that initially. I didn't. That that one kind of just went right over my head. That's kind of what I'm getting at, though, is where as long as he's in the playoffs, yeah. right, he wins a race in the first round and he's yeah. on to the next. He wins a race in that round. So he can. there's a path for him to get to the Final Four without having many playoffs. Oh, yeah, by winning. And I, I think he's very and capable of doing that, right? So beyond that, let's just, let's just assume, let's just throw out he's out a month. Let's just say a month, and I have no basis for that whatsoever. He's still got many, many months to win a lot of stages and a lot of races. Like, let's not kid ourselves that it's we're, he's not going to be in some giant hole that he has to work himself out of. Like, I, I think he's, you know, certainly he is a a contender week in week out for stage wins and race wins. So, I don't I don't foresee that being an issue. I think that we just kind of blow up issues because at times we just search for storylines. Also, if Chase wins the championship this year, it would not be the first time that a driver was out for an extended period mm-hmm. and won the championship. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Busch did it. Yeah, Kyle did it in 15, I think it was. Um, yeah, it, it it can happen. I, I can tell you when I blew my ACL out and I had to race just a few days later, I mean, it was not fun. The pain was not fun. I remember, you know, <laughs> getting – the, my knee drained, seeing the fluid getting sucked out of my knee, you know, just 30 minutes before I go in and race. Like, it was so painful. And for us, you know, our, our drug testing policy, you can't take any painkillers or anything like that. So, um, yeah, you just got to you gotta toughen it out. And, I mean, um, with his injury, I've never experienced that, but I'm assuming that if you've been in surgery, it took a three-hour surgery, then this was a, a major injury that, probably he's going to have a lot of pain associated with it. Outside of the pain and your individual's pain tolerance, how much does it affect your driving ability? I believe it affects it less than you think. I remember being so hyper-focused that I screwed up, blew my knee out. I cannot be the reason that my team struggles. I, they always say beware of the injured player in any sport, right? Racing for certain when I've either had adversity or pain or physical pain, I lock in. Absolutely lock in because I just I, I want to make sure that I'm giving that team 100%. I guarantee you when Chase comes back, you're going to see a very highly motivated driver. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Now, what's the saying? One man's... Something happens... Chase goes out. I'm trying to say the opportunity <laughs> for Josh Berry here is one a good one. One man's misfortune is another man's fortune, right? I think yeah, that's like not that. it, but it's, it's something like that. We get the point. Josh Berry drove the number nine for Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah, today. he got the call this weekend. Uh, great opportunity for Josh. I'm a huge fan of his. He's he, you know, he's got the same really background. He came up the same way I did, which is asphalt late models in the mid Atlantic area. I mean, he was so dominant on the short tracks it's it's crazy i mean he won an xfinity race at martinsville early in his career and he's won several xfinity races now i think that he's going going to be a full-time cup guy in the near future i don't near is is relative term but i think that he's got the talent to put himself on that list of 36 drivers every sunday um you know, he, he had a little bit of a struggle in the race. Um, obviously, his teammates ran one, two, three. But, man, it's such a hard task. He's never driven a next-gen car before. And having to go out there with no sim time, no nothing, like, it's very, very difficult. I thought in practice, I was like, wow, he's actually pretty solid. Um, you know, again, he was a couple, you know, three, four tenths off, but he was – his lap times were consistent, and I was like, man, he's getting the hang of this. I think that he's going to do okay. Um, but, yeah, it's – you know, I would love to see him get more opportunities in that nine car. Uh, uh, you know, these cars are so different from Xfinity or late models, whatever you've been in in the past. But, uh, yeah, I'm a big Josh Berry fan. I know that Dale really, um, you know, invested in him early in his career before they got some full-time sponsorship for him. Um, it does take sponsorship to, you know, you can't just pick out the drivers that you want and put them in a car. you got to have the sponsorship to go with it um, the way the model is. So uh, Josh was kind of teetering on whether he was going to be in Xfinity full-time or not a few years ago. And, and I know that Kelly and, and Dale Jr. did a good job getting him funded and uh, getting that car on the track. So uh, I look, I think he's, you know, definitely could be one of the, Xfinity favorites this year, um, and and someone that we're gonna have to look out for. Speaking of Xfinity, um, what a great race that was! Um, Chandler Smith drove a great race. I mean, dominated most of it, and he just got loose at the end. I mean, you saw Austin Hill and um, who was it, Justin Allgaier, uh running him down, um, and wow, they. Uh, that was a great finish, that race. It, what I'm noticing is that the more that the rules don't get touched in a given series, the better the racing is. Like, the truck and Xfinity cars 
bodies have been basically the same. The cars have been the same for years and years. And that product is so good. They slide around like you would not believe. It, it seems like week after week you're applauding the Xfinity race yeah. for how good it is. And yep. even the truck race that I've yep. And you have lap time variability. Um, I watch lap times here. Uh, I always watch the Xfinity race to kind of get a scope on what lines are fast and whatnot. They had a tire fall off that was twice as much as ours. Two times. So I think ours over a course of a 40-lap run was like a second, something like that. Theirs is like two seconds or more. So, um, yeah, they, they have lap time variability, which in my mind creates passing. You know, when you have um, a car that is able to overtake another, that, that – that's a good thing, and I think that uh, you know you have some ex- an experience there that mixes it up as well. But um, that that racing always puts on uh, a great show. Um, truck race, Kyle kind of walked away with that. You know, people were talking sweep, um, but that kind of ended on Saturday. But um, yeah, it was um, it was a good weekend for Chandler. You know, still running third or whatever he finished. Uh, that was a good good run for him. So shout out to him. And that team for for a great run so early in his Xfinity career. Yep. Speaking of passing, we didn't see much of it today in the cup race. I know. I know. I I was worried a little bit about that because, you know, you saw the kind of same two cars pull away from the pack and just kind of was in no man's land for a while. And and I I couldn't see whether they were mixing each other, mixing up with each other or not. But, um, yeah, it's tough because, you know, like I talked about the lap time fall off. You know, we're, we're so gripped up and we have no power that there's just not a lot of tire wear. And even back in the day when we would test, um, you know, I remember going to Michigan and when we had 900 horsepower and they put us on a like 800 horsepower spacer, tapered spacer, it was like, oh my gosh, don't do this. This is <laughs> like the racing, it, it was so much tougher to pass. But we've crept that down. We we actually had some of our best racing, if you could argue that, when we had the 550 package um, a couple of years ago. But it was a big old spoiler. There was more drafting um, that came with that. Uh, we we these this car has a lot of drag, but it's not through the spoiler, so you don't get you know that giant run uh, down the straightaway um, unless you're one of the Hendrick cars. Oh my goodness gracious! I had a tough time trying to hold those guys <laughs> off when I got the lead. Uh, I just I, I look up at the start finish line. I'm just like, which way are they coming? From the left or the f- from the right? Like I just can't hold them off down the straightaway. Uh, but they were fast, man. HMS was just smoking fast. Chevys in general were really fast, but Toyotas had a great run as well. We were kind of the next in line. We were the the third, fourth, you know, eh, probably the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh best cars after that. What were you thinking there? When you came down, what was it? It was in stage two, I believe, or maybe it was in the final stage. You took two tires. Everyone else took four. We had to. I I just got pinned behind. But it worked is what I'm getting at. No, it did because I I thought it was the absolute right call. I knew that my car was good, but I was just stuck in eighth place because that's where I cycled out after the green flag pit stop. Right. it was so frustrating. I'm yelling at Chris, like, oh, gosh, you know, I keep, I, I come out of the pits further back than when I started, right? And, I've, and, you know, again, we go a little longer, but I just don't have enough grip to make up for that difference. And it just, uh, I got pinned back there, and it was so frustrating. And then I thought it was a 
the absolute right call, no question, when he called for two tires there, and it was. But you're the only team that did it. I was surprised, very That's surprised what was by that, for yeah. sure. Um, but our car was good in the long run. I was actually able to hang right with Larson sure. the entire run and was starting to edge back to him when Chris pulled me in early there. But we didn't have a great green flag pit stop, and then I came out a couple seconds behind him, and then my car just – my balance just went sideways, and, and I wasn't good. But I was going to finish third right behind William, and then that dreaded two-lap-to-go caution came. What do you make of um, the 19 call to stay out there? Um, I mean, it didn't work out from the finishing perspective, right? right. Uh, we don't know what would happen on pit road. Um, I know that uh, yeah, they were trying to make a call to win. I think that they were – listen, if I had to get in their heads – they're probably counting on more cars to stay out. I, I know that teams have won there before by staying out, uh, but he had 40-some laps on his tires, and as soon as one gets by you, it's chaos after that. I mean, good luck trying to hold off anyone else, and I think he got split uh, by the 48 and the 5 at the end. So um, finished seventh. I mean, certainly by the numbers, you would say it's not the right call, but trust me, if three more cars stay out, probably ends up being the right call. So, And then you're saying on your restart, you just lost the balance. Because you go from fourth well, to I lost outside the balance the because the the one is pushing me down the front straightaway, which that's good. I start pushing. I'm pushing the 24. Well, at, at some point, we, we have to make a turn. And Ross just had me so kind of jacked up there that, like, I turned the wheel – and I was going dead straight. I, I was wide open. I was wide open, but I went up the racetrack to try to get position on the 24. And then next thing you know, we're both up the racetrack and losing spots. So, so what you're saying is this is a Ross thing again. It's not. I'm not <laughs> blaming him for sure. I'm just saying what happened on the restart is that I was jacked up entering turn one. I mean, I was wide open going as fast as my race car would go. I'm under... I'm on the floorboard pedaling as fast as I can go. Right. But I can't go anywhere and because I'm pushing the 24, and then you know it just jacked us up, and I think we both lost a ton of spots, and I ended up outside the top ten somehow. So frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you know the, the right car won. That's the fastest good news, car right? You know, yep. the, the fastest two cars finished one, two. Um, you know, one thing I did notice from the race, too, is that, man, the Fords was – struggle bus for them um they qualified well well joey qualified well man he's really good at qualifying um they got something figured out certainly that that they're fast in qualifying but uh we saw their times joey and ryan ryan was a little better than joey in practice uh but joey's times were way off which is a surprise to me why when he got the pole um but man they threw the green flag and it was they went straight to the back. And so, again, I, I brought this up in previous episodes. This really falls right in line with who has the strongest aerodynamic body, which is Chevrolet. And then I feel like on a downforce perspective, we're kind of you know a little bit behind them. And then I thought Ford made a jump. I mentioned they would be really strong in Daytona qualifying because their car has less drag this year that, you know, relative to us. But on the downforce side, it's meh. You know, it's 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 not great. So I think you're just going to keep seeing this. 
because we can't, as race teams, we can't make up for, there's only a few factors that, that really determine the speed of your race car. The driver, this is the speed of your race car. There's other factors such as pit crew, track position, things like that. But you've got the driver, you got your the body on the car, which is whatever your manufacturer is, and then you got the engine. Those are the three major components that makes our cars different from whoever it might be. And so looking at the results from the wind tunnel test and the manufacturers, Chevy was the best. And so there's nothing we can do as race teams to make up for that. I can't, we can't design a new part. We can't, you know, again, we'll make aerodynamic gains throughout the year, but it's going to be really hard. I mean, to, to make up the difference that just flat out one manufacturer has over another. Because everyone's parts are the same, you cannot... The like parts you said, and you pieces are the same. It's it the is driver, it is. the crew chief, the setup they put under it to to make the driver comfortable and, and go run speed. That's you know that's that's the driver X factor for sure. Uh, but you know the the body and the engine is is two major major components that we just are not able to change. And from our perspective, like Joe Gibbs Racing was so good in the early two thousands and even you know just a few years ago developing parts and pieces to, you know, overcome any deficits they might have. And, and we would argue at times that, you know, their chassis department carried that company for a very long time. And then the aero department carried it for a very long time. And then as things just become more and more common, obviously the spotlight gets put on us drivers and, and it gets put on the manufacturers. So I think that, um, you know, we certainly feel better about where we were from this year to last year. But it's still I, no I noticed that, like, we need, especially I needed today the Hendrick cars to miss their balance. That's how I could keep up with Kyle. When his car was straight, he was starting to pull away. The minute I saw him starting to twitch, miss the bottom, I'm like, well, I'm still running the bottom, and I'm still running a ton of gas, and I can keep up with him now, but he's out of control. So we need things in stars to align to 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 – you know, especially on a day like today, to, to run with those guys. But um, next week, I mean, Phoenix is a different type of racetrack. Um, I think the setup is going to be the one of the biggest factors. So I think everyone's right back in the game. I don't think that there's any big arrow gains or, I'm sorry, advantages um, at that speed of track. So since we're running a short, uh, shorter track, the speeds are down. The aerodynamics are not as prevalent as they are at say a las vegas um so i think you'll see kind of a more parody mix in the game uh but when we go to these fast tracks good good luck catching those chevys i was gonna ask it sounds i think i know the answer but of those three things you mentioned the body the manufacturer the driver it still sounds like the driver is third on the list of importance no at I think it's super high. I, I think the driver's the most important. Let me be biased here because I think it's the biggest X factor in your performance. However, Kevin Harvick stated very clearly that y you can't, you know, ride a, a slow horse to a to a checkered flag or whatever, right? Right. Like, so that's what I'm saying. You're is only going to go as fast as the horse you're riding. So, so it sounds like the horse is most important. I, again, yes, but no. The driver gives the information to the team on what they need to work on to get faster. 
to get a better. Now, sometimes drivers can't handle cars, you know, a setup that is fast. Now, sometimes you detune the car to make it to where the driver is comfortable. So basically, if I like my car to be tight, which is very stable in the back and, and you know, less stable in the front, I'm going to be taking speed out of my car. That car's capability of lap time is less than one that is freer, which is looser, which is a car that the back end wants to come around, right? So the, the freer you can drive the car, the faster that car is capable of going. Um, but sometimes the lap time variability when you miss lines because you aren't you know, you are out of control, isn't worth the gain and and speed that you give your car by having it freer. But some people get the ultimate most out of a free car, the Tyler Reddicks, the Kyle Larsons. Those guys can run their cars freer than most and be very, very fast consistently. Dear Danny, we've got some questions that we want to ask. Tried to ask Junior, but his answers were lame. And with DBC, it was more of the same. Now we're calling on you, cause you're our only hope. This ain't the racetrack, so maybe you won't choke. Dear Denny. Got some more questions for you um, on the Dear Denny channel. Start with uh, number one here. How do you feel about stage racing? Is it good for the sport, or does it need to go? Yeah, I mean, people, the stage racing has to stay, absolutely has to stay. It was put in place because our TV partners didn't have it. They didn't know when a caution was going to come so they could start airing commercials. We have to air the commercials, which why you see they try to front load them as much as they can to give us the most green flag racing at the end of the races as possible. But I remember when we talked about, you know, stages and whatnot, it, it, it's an absolute must. It, it also... If you didn't have stages, the 24 car would have led every lap of that race on Sunday. I mean, because what is there to break it up? You have to, I mean, unless there's a wreck or he has a bad pit stop, he's going to dominate. But at least there was an opportunity because of a stage for people to change strategy. We changed strategy, right? We went with, uh, it wasn't a stage, but it was right after a stage. So, we had just a few laps on our tires, so we decided to take four, you know, two tires. We see it at a lot of tracks. You'll probably see it at Phoenix, where if a caution comes right before a stage happens, you're going to see the field flip-flop. There's going to be a handful of people that are going for stage points, and you're going to have a small group of about five people that believe that they can win the race. And they will pit to then, when the caution comes out for the stage, those 10 cars that stayed out to get stage points will then pit, they put themselves back up front. They're going to stay out. The other five will stay out and get back to the front. So it creates passing opportunities. <laughs> it doesn't always happen. Uh, we saw Bristol last year, the one that you know Brad and Chris Busher, uh, you know, led so many laps. They just they stayed out a bunch, and no one could pass them. Right? You know, they were just very mediocre, and like all of a sudden, put them in the front of the pack, and holy shit, hey, they're fast. Got the best cars on the racetrack. It's funny how that works, but that's just the way it is. And stage racing gives us an opportunity 
to, you know, A, it's good for our TV partners. They know when cautions are coming. They can plan those commercials. And B, it, there we do strategize around the stages. Um, so I think it's an absolute must. We see it speedways. It's a game changer. People are racing now instead of running up against the wall for 180 of 200 laps. So uh, stage racing is, is a good thing. Now, we won't see stage racing at road courses this year. So that's the one difference. Yeah, they um, the, there isn't. I, I, I'm torn on that. I'm really not sure whether that's good call, right call, but let, let's just see how it goes. I, I'm, I know that teams used to really strategize uh, on fuel mileage before we had stages, and then it made it kind of cut and dry what your strategy was. But just, just beware, people, that if there are no stage breaks at a road course, this thing could get spread way out. When I say way out, I mean way out. <laughs> and so just temper your expectations on, you know, getting that, you know, those crazy restarts. Yeah, careful what you wish for, yeah. potentially. Uh, second one, this one is, when will we see Michael Jordan behind the wheel of a cup car? <laughs> uh, never again. <laughs> he, he did it once. But it was the simulator at TRD. Uh, that the, the, that content has not been released, nor will it probably ever be released, because you, good luck trying to get them to approve it. But um, it's uh, he wanted to feel what we feel. And so uh, Toyota set it up, and our team set it up for him to get in the Toyota simulator. Um, this was a couple years ago. I don't think it was last year's. Maybe. I think it was pretty recent, I think. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm thinking, well, I, I said, what kind of track do you want to be on? He's like, I don't want Daytona. Just hold it wide open. That's too easy. Like, you know, give me something in, you know, what's the next step? I'm like, all right, well, let's go to Charlotte. I probably could have picked, like, Las Vegas or something or Michigan. Probably should have done that. But he didn't last long. I mean, he, he, he did okay. Um, he had a problem holding the car down on the bottom of the track and then you know it was probably 15 minutes and he says I'm done a he was sweating profusely <laughs> it was very hot I mean they had to modify you would not believe how they had to modify it like the back seat is out out of the simulator so to fit his legs in the pedals um, he put the helmet on and he's just like man I, I just my eyes I got so dizzy like I just started feeling queasy, so he had to quit. So. Has, has he ever done a ride-along at any of these tracks? Probably not. I don't think so. Do you think that's something he would do? Uh, like if you were to maybe, take him around maybe. a track at speed? He wouldn't trust me. No? He wouldn't trust me to do it, no. Because he knows I've tried to scare him. That's, you know, if, if I get into a two-seater race car and you are the passenger... No, the only fun and enjoyment I have is to to see you shit your pants. I mean, what are you going to do, though? I oh, mean, I'm going to run right up against the wall. And if I hit it, eh, it's fine. Right. That's what I'm saying is, like, if I'm him, right, I feel like, I got, like I'm Michael Jordan, right? This guy's not going to do something to jeopardize me. He might have a little fun with me. <laughs> but if you were to crash the car and for whatever reason Michael got hurt, I mean, forget it. It's, it's yeah, over for you. I, I get it. Listen, I <laughs> – I haven't crashed a two-seater car, but I've, I mean, I, I try to run right up against the wall to, like, give the people the feeling of, like, this is how close we can run yep. and not hit it. 
right? I mean, that's that's part of the skill set of what we bring to the table. So, have you watched any of the new Drive to Survive season yet? Just started it. Uh, just started. Um, it's cool. I mean, apparently the, the Red Bull team's gonna just win every race unless something crazy happens. I actually saw some really good post tests. Yeah, you know, I guess they had a preseason test like right last week, and it showed that. Like the DRS, which is the drag reduction system of the cars, like Red Bull, it reduced 20% of their drag where everyone else, the next highest total was like 17%. So their cars um, were are so fast compared to the competition. And I know you asked me, you're like, well, why? You know, wh what makes their cars so much faster? And I'm like, if I knew, then I'd call up all those other teams and tell them, but you know, I think everyone in the garage is wondering what makes their cars so fast. But, you know, they, they develop a lot of stuff. Their aerodynamics and, you know, new power plants and all that stuff constantly. It's, uh, it's a different world. I think the fascinating thing about um, F1 and, you know, what we've seen in recent years is that you don't know how long this Red Bull domination is going to go on for. And it's, I don't know if it's convenient or just a coincidence, that in racing, that championship number, like the magic number seems to be seven, is that when you get to seven, it's just really difficult to win the eighth. Like we may never see Lewis Hamilton win an eighth title. Mm. That's a great point. And I, I'm i going to probably have to say no, he never does. Just because I think the gap between uh, Mercedes and Red Bull right now just seems like it's a big one. And I, I just – you're not going to get that figured out in a year. I don't think. I don't think. So um, I think that yeah, Lewis, I mean, yeah, it's a great point about the seven. What is it about? It, it has to be something about there's just that window of a racing career. Now, the football with Tom Brady, he extended his career for, for a very long time. But the eighth is just hard. You know, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, trust me, don't ask me because I can't, <laughs> I I can't say that. get one. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's just uh, – I think that's just a really a period where you're dominant, your team's dominant, and then eventually one of the two fall off, either your team or your skill set. And so, you know, and, and Lewis's uh, – you would say that it's – maybe barely a little of him and mostly the car, right? I mean, he's just going against you know, a car that is clearly faster than his. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that eight, seven seems to see, be the magic number of the greatest of – when people talk about the greatest of all time in any given sport, it's whoever it is at the top of the list, it seems like they got seven championships. Unless you're – basketball and the greatest has six championships in case you all are counting. Yeah, I was going through the numbers and it's like, <laughs> there's only a few with seven. It seemed like six was more yeah. of that magic number. Um, before we wrap up here, um, I feel like we have to mention it because we brought it up on the episode last week, is that we're in Vegas and Ron, your friend Ron with his scooter. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got to be really sensitive because, uh, you know, at times Ron doesn't want me to to talk about a bunch, but everyone in Charlotte knows Red Rocks Ron. He's got Red Rocks Cafe in Burkdale, and uh, he's got a location in South Charlotte and in Charlotte. I met Ron many, many, many moons ago, Re really when I first came to Charlotte. Um, he was just the, the, the business owner 
and restaurant owner that would glad hand all the quote unquote celebrities <laughs> that that came in. You know, he, 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 who's that over there? Oh, oh, I'll go introduce myself. So I from that point, I just started being friends with Ron, and he was just he's just an addictive person that to want to be around because he's so fun and and you know I I just enjoy his presence. So he is he he has a scooter. Uh, he's, he, I think he's got some nerve issues, uh, that he's working on, uh, with his leg. But, um, if you, if you checked out the Instagram story, actually you did a fantastic edit, uh, on that. Put in reverse, Terry. <laughs> Terry. So you need to find the video of the, uh, evidently a guy named Terry that yeah. was lighting fireworks, but he's in a wheelchair and he, and he couldn't get it to go in reverse. So he was lighting the fireworks and then he was supposed to, Get the hell out of Dodge, right? Yeah. But his 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 scooter or it, it malfunctioned and he couldn't get it to move. And the fire the fireworks are going off and right beside the guy in the, in the uh, wheelchair, and <laughs> you just hear people in the back saying, "Put it in reverse, Derek. Get out of there." <laughs> so uh, Ron in the scooter is just awesome because. Um, he was doing donuts in in the middle of our foyer here in in the room that we're in. Um, he's he's my gambling buddy when it comes to you know if we we uh, want to bet a football game, basketball game, we talk about who we're having picks, uh, who do we like, and then of course um, you know when we go to the tables here in Vegas. So yeah, he'll he'll him and Charlie are going to be with me uh, for the full week. So there'll be more Ron and Charlie and. Uh, interesting content here for the next week on, on our social channels. So tune in. Yeah, if social was good last week, it should be even better <laughs> this week. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Um, before we close out, make sure you follow uh, Dirty Mo Media on all socials at Dirty Mo Media. Um, like, subscribe, follow this podcast, and then follow you. You're at Denny Hamlin, and I'm at Jared D. Allen. Yeah, and so. We actually got that in seamlessly for once. For the first time. For the first time. It took five episodes. But, but where are we going to next? Phoenix. What happened in Phoenix last <laughs> time I was there? Yeah, you, you uh, won the lottery. That's a very general statement because, <laughs> you know. That's how you should say it, though. You should, like, you're going to downplay it right now. But you should just tell people, ah, I won the lottery. I think, I think you have to actually win the jackpot to say you won the lottery. Did you buy a lottery ticket? I did. Did you win? I did. You won the lottery. So th for those of y'all who do not know, and by the way, if you stuck around past the like and all that stuff, you, you're going to hear a great story. Yeah, Post-credit scene. This is, why, this is why you have to stick around to the end. So last November, I was on the way back from the racetrack. My SUV had very little gas, and I was texting the people that I was staying with, and I said, hey, I'm going to be late to dinner. I got to go get gas. And uh, they told me, hey, go get a lottery ticket. This was when the Powerball was. This is when the Powerball was, yeah. was $2.2 What a B. And I'm like, all right. Well, so I get gas, and I'm like, I go in there, and there's a kiosk for the Powerball. And there is a line. There had to be 30 people. And this was just a normal old Circle K. And so I go in there, and I wait in line at the kiosk to buy the ticket. Well, it here I go, I'm at my turn. It's my turn to 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 do it. And I was going to go get $300 in tickets. Um, that's just what I had 
on me, and that's what I was going to get. So I'm I'm pressing the, this kiosk, and I'm and I'm really can tell the people behind me are not really happy. I don't know how to operate this thing, and so finally I give up because I don't know like which one to do, and there's special plays and stuff. So I'm like, screw this. I'm just going to go to the front at the guy at the cash register and get my ticket. So I walk up to him and I said, hey, I'd like to get uh, 300 in Powerball tickets. He's like, 300? He's like, oh my gosh, I've never had anyone buy that much. I said, really? You're in Scottsdale? That didn't make much (laughs) sense. But anyway, so he gives me the tickets and and I have them and they're folded up in my pocket. I go home and we, well, I'm sorry. Then we go to dinner. They drew the Powerball. I come home. I'm brushing my teeth, and the Powerball tickets are sitting there face up. And the very first ticket that that they that, that nice gentleman printed hit five of the six numbers on Powerball. I was only missing one number. And so I did. I, I hit it for a little portion. Unfortunately for me, I, ca- I can't really say unfortunate because I'm, I'm very, very fortunate. And... I looked it up. The odds of me hitting all the numbers but one was one in one million. And unfortunately, the guy at the gas station was new because I kind of asked him, you know, why is this the most he's seen? Yeah. He says, well, I'm new here. Um, is he was supposed to ask me to power play it. I guess that if you hit the Powerball number, which I did, the Powerball that hit that night was 20. I had it. Then it, whatever your winnings are, it triples. Well, I didn't power play it because I've never played the lottery before. I've never played the Powerball. But the very first ticket that got printed, bam, I hit five of the six numbers. And so, I don't know. I kind of felt a little bad. I'm walking in the Arizona lottery office, and there's a lot of older people there. And I'm sitting there, and I'm holding my hat really low because I don't want to be seen because – Everyone there is kind of cashing a $20, $40 ticket here and there, some scratch-offs. and Like they're buying more tickets, scratching them off, and then, you know, going to get more tickets. And here I am. They're like, this guy, Denny, what are you doing here? I'm like, <laughs> uh, well, I, 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 hit, I hit the Powerball. I hit the Powerball ticket. He's like, how many did you hit? I said, well, all but one number. He's like, I've been doing this my whole life. I've never, ever gotten that. I'm like, I know. I'm just, I am, I just got lucky. And then I took a picture with him, and there was somebody else wondering what I was doing there. And so I just kind of felt bad that I was cashing out this bis- big ticket when likely there were these people that were lifers in there that had never hit it. Yeah, I'll say it was a very exhilarating 20 minutes. That night you came back to the house like I won the lottery, and it's like okay, night. You probably didn't. Like, <laughs> there's no way. There's no way you won the lottery. And then we're sitting there googling it. How much uh, money do you get for five numbers and the Powerball? Is it this much, or is it a percentage of the pot? You know, right. is it fifty grand? But now this pot's two point two billion. Is it that times something else? We we couldn't were, figure it out. We were beside ourselves for a while, for yeah. sure. So, needless to say, I. I love Phoenix, and it just brings back good memories to me uh, from hitting the Powerball last time I was there. Um, this weekend, it, it, you know, Phoenix coming up, I, I 
I mean, I'd love to give you an argument of why somebody who was bad this weekend is going to go out there and kick ass next weekend, but I just don't, you know, I I just don't know what we're going to come up with uh, or the field's going to come up with from one week to the next. Um, So I would say, you know, look for uh, Chevys to be strong. And, you know, obviously I think the Fords have got some really good qualifying stuff worked out. And hopefully, you know, we just take a step to be a little better. I, I, I definitely think Phoenix last year, didn't matter if I was going to make the final four. <laughs> I was going to run eighth. Like, that was it. That was all we were capable of doing. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. And we have – oh, the short track package. We have a new short track package coming this week. I do think that I just need to delete everything that I just said about Phoenix, basically, because that is going to be a game changer. This is going to be a simulation race. There's going to be – Drivers in the sim, there's going to be engineers working on setups nonstop because this is going to be a big, big change to what you see on Sunday, the product. Um, It's roughly, I think NASCAR said, like 40% less downforce um, than what we've had in the past. I know that Christopher Bell and the guys that ran the test there, Logano and whatnot, talked about um, how much more you're on edge with uh, the downforce out. So I am so looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting for sure. Um, so I, I, I think that uh, you better pay attention to the, the practice times because I think that we could see some of the biggest spreads from first to last than we've seen in a while because until these teams kind of get a notebook under them and figure out you know, what, what it's going to take to get our cars stable with all that downforce gone um, – you could find a team that that really hits on something that no one saw coming. Well, that'll be interesting then. I guess a good marker for a championship race down the road. Yeah, I mean, it will be for sure. So looking forward to it. Everyone tune in next week, next Monday, for uh, the next episode of Action Detrimental. And we'll debrief what we saw in Phoenix from what's likely going to be a crazy weekend. So make sure you tune in, and we'll see you next week. See you guys. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.